Welcome to Cowan Insights, a space that brings leading thinkers together to share insights and ideas shaping the world around us. Join us as we converse with the top minds who are influencing our global sectors. This is the Visionary Podcast Series about visionary ideas and people. Hi, my name is Max Reclinko, and I'm Cowan's retail and fitness analyst. In this episode, we'll delve into the topic of the fast-growing furniture resale industry, which is attractively positioned at the intersection of high-growth secular shifts. We are pleased to be joined today by Cherish's co-founder and CEO, Greg Brockway. Founded in 2013, Cherish is the leading online emporium where designers and tastemakers shop for exceptional home furnishings and art. Cherish is a leading marketplace connecting buyers and resellers of vintage, antique, and other categories of home furniture and decor. Thank you, Greg, for joining us, and I look forward to our conversation. Great to be here. Thanks for having me. Great. So just to kick things off, uh, can you please describe to the audience what Cherish is and how it's differentiated in the marketplace? What did you see back then that suggested Cherish could disrupt the traditional furniture industry? Oh, interesting question. Good start. Um, Cherish, yes, we're a marketplace for furniture, decor, and art. We aspire to be a delightful way for design lovers to find exceptional items, but we didn't start off to be to disrupt the home furnishings industry. It's This is a huge industry. We started Cherish because we saw big problems that needed to be solved, and that's what we have tried to do. We saw a community of design lovers who have a hard time um, buying and selling, and we thought we could do a better job at helping both of them solve that problem. So today, we are a design, you know, we're the com- design community's emporium for furnishings, and our vision for what we're growing up to be is the global design community's uh, resource for, for home furnishings, design, and, and art. And I think global uh, is, is, is the newest step in our, in our journey, and we'll talk more about that in a, in, in a minute. Right, I think that's that's very helpful to the audience. So I, I think the the simple follow up here is uh, how big is Cherish now in terms of items listed, uh, the size of your you know buyers and sellers, and who are you uh, marketing on uh, both sides here? Now that we are a global marketplace, we have um, lots of buyers and sellers on the on this on the seller side. We cater to. Um, and we service both professional sellers and individual sellers. We're a curated marketplace, so we don't take everything. We try and take the things that we think are appropriate for our for our buying audience uh, on the buying side. And, and if through that process, we we have a team of people who help us make sure that we're uh, assembling a, a collection of items with style and 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 chicness. On the buying side of our uh, community, we have. Um, in, in the center of our customer bullseye is the interior designers. These are the people who are power shoppers in our industry. But really, we're, we're attracting um, design lovers of all shapes and sizes and budgets. Um, we are focused on the high end of the marketplace, but we're not trying to be just in the you know, breathtakingly expensive um, part of it. We, 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 we do have some of the most beautiful, expensive things around, but um, we try to be accessible, and our aspiration is to be an open, accessible marketplace as well. No, that's uh, that's very helpful. And what do you view to be your addressable market? How big is it? And what do you think your share is today? And then just longer term, how big do you think the opportunity is? 
one of the reasons we got into this marketplace is the home furnishings market alone is, is huge. In the US, it's $280 billion. And when you look at that on a global basis, it's several times that. And when you add in art on top of that, it becomes even bigger. And so our focus, our definition of the marketplace is we are focused on um, uh, living spaces. We're trying to help our buyers, our community of buyers to, to uh, uh, kit out um, attractive, comfortable, stylish um, living spaces and assembling all the things that go into that. So in terms of our addressable market, it's very, it's the high end of the home furnishings and art market. Um, it is very large. It is very global from both a buyer and a seller uh, perspective. It's very helpful. And something that I think is important to discuss at the beginning of this podcast is the topic of sustainability and how Cherish and broader industry are taking a leadership position in a category that is maybe not really known for it. So can you talk to this factor in the way that Cherish is leaning into sustainability and really how does that resonate with your shoppers? Uh, very well. Um, you know, we started Cherish because we we're personally passionate about great one-of-a-kind style. And we are, you know, so thrilled to see that millions of design lovers have come to appreciate the practical and environmental benefits of, of re-commerce. So sustainability is something that all industries are paying more attention to given what's been happening in the world. Um, in, in terms of, the, and, and sustainability is a multi, multi-dimensional problem. It's how, what, item, what ingredients go into an item, how the item's made, how the people are employed, how the items are delivered to market, et cetera, et cetera. The part of it that we can help address is um, to support the circular economy. So what happens when items have been used and it's time to, to, to move on? Do you throw them in the landfill? In the home furnishings industry in the U.S. alone, there's 12 million tons of home of furniture that goes into the landfill every year. Uh, what we try to do is to rehome pieces and help them have a second or third life, and that's that's the circular economy. So we we did put out a paper recently, uh, a home furnishings a resale report to talk about how how we're playing a part and how big a uh, uh, how important. Uh, the circular economy is to supporting sustainability. And we're um, very happy to see how that's resonating with our community um, and that people are coming to appreciate that buying, um, buying through a e-commerce channel is, is a practical, stylish and environmentally supportive way, way to get furnish their homes. Yeah, I think that's absolutely right. At Cowan, we run a number of surveys, and in in one of them, we we ask um, you know participants, uh, you know, what's your view on sustainability as you think about per, uh, purchasing furniture and uh, younger shoppers, special especially millennials, it really um, you know is important for them, and we can see that in our data, and it continues to grow. So I think uh, we're you know we're aligned with you there, and I guess just switching gears a little bit. What about your relationship with the design community and what do you see as the top opportunities to grow it? And do you view increasing the base or increasing the conversion as bigger opportunities for you? So the design community for us is, are all the people who love design. Design. These are the people who sell it as well as the people who buy it. So, and I think our, we, we get a lot of credit for being a community supportive um, uh, re resource um, and trying to help people adapt to, to this evolving world we, we, we all live in. Um, in terms of how we um, grow that, um, we're, we are trying to grow both sides of the marketplace with buyers and sellers. Um, and in terms of 
increasing the you know un unlocking that i think it's um it's in part awareness you know we get world-class net promoter scores from the folks who know us and you use us and that's our that's our that's one of our met metrics for how we're doing um, but we have very modest brand awareness and so an opportunity is just to introduce ourselves to more uh more more folks out there um and and help them understand how how we can help solve their problems yeah the uh the community is very large and it's it's a massive opportunity to continue to grow penetration so just switching gears again can you discuss your category mix how has that evolved over time and what do you see ahead Sure. So Cherish is uh, in multiple categories in the home furnishings space. And yes, it, it, it has changed over time. We started with the exclusive focus on vintage in the resale marketplace. But what we've come to appreciate is when we're helping uh, design lovers, we're trying to solve a problem. They're trying to furnish their living space. And um, we had sellers who were trying to list contemporary, meaning newly made items with us. And we have just let we've let that roll. And what we've come to appreciate is people are looking for a solution. And so given how big this industry is, how many small sellers there are who would like to connect with our buying audience, we have opened it. And contemporary is now uh, one of the fastest growing parts of our market marketplace. So that's been a change uh, over over time. And in terms of the vertical, you know, the vertical categories within home furnishings, you know, uh, over the last uh, two years, we, we have seen some changes. Part of it's driven by seasonality, but some of the unusual changes we've seen have been when uh, the pandemic arrived, all of a sudden home office was um, unusually hot. Then outdoor became in, in tremendously attractive. And today, what people really are resonating to is that resale pieces are ready to ship. They are sitting in someone's gallery or warehouse or storeroom or home, and they're available now. And uh, in a world where supply chain challenges have become so so difficult, it's pushed out lead times on newly made items, you know, from a couple of weeks to you know many months, and that makes it hard um, to rely on, uh, harder to rely on as a as the only channel. And so resale, um, the it, we've seen a tremendous uplift in in the in the interest in the resale marketplace. Yeah, it really speaks to your ability to be nimble and be able to take advantage of all these situations that have come up over you know the past uh, 18 to 24 months. So on this topic, um, Greg, can you discuss the ways that the pandemic has changed the growth trajectory of the business? Any plans that were potentially accelerated or conversely, anything that might have been uh, scaled back or pulled back? Well, I, I think as hard as uh, it has been on everyone for so many reasons, it's been a giant leap forward for our industry in terms of changes that were already happening. So um, the home furnishings industry has been in the early stages of this offline to online migration that every industry goes through eventually. Home furnishings is one of the last industries to, to move in that direction. But even before the pandemic arrived, home furnishings was one of the fastest growing, if not the fastest growing e-commerce category. When the pandemic arrived, online home furnishings leaped forward, you know, pick your term, three, five, 10 years. But anyway, it jumped forward tremendously and it helped people appreciate the benefits and the advantages of shopping online. So um, it has accelerated our trajectory. It's accelerated uh, the industry's offline to online migration. 
that's been um, helpful for Cherish, but it's been something that uh, was already happening. And I think what we're trying to do it, it do is do it in a way that supports businesses. Um, you know, again, this is an industry that's made up of you know thousands of uh, tens of thousands globally, um, small small sellers who have to you know navigate this this offline to online um, transition. Sure, that makes sense. And is there anything that you can share um, in terms of you know sort of the type of growth you're seeing, or how much did growth accelerate by uh, during the pandemic? Just anything at a high level? Sure. Well, we we've uh, we've shared some of the some of the numbers. We came into 2020 growing at a at a healthy rate, and at the end of the year, it accelerated dramatically. It it more than doubled um, in 2021. That it continued to be very strong on a uh, global, uh, just year over year from 20 to 21. Uh, it was up 50. Our business was up 54 percent. Now, now that we're lapping such tremendous growth years, we don't expect the forward trajectory to be quite quite as strong. But we're continuing to see positive year on year um, uh, growth come out of this as. Um, as I hope the world reopens and people can, you know, go, go about their lives in so many other ways. We, but, but we're still early days in this offline to online um, transition, and we, we, we expect very high growth going forward as well. That's very helpful to contextualize the business uh, today. So you recently expanded into Europe through the acquisition of Pomono. Can you discuss your framework uh, more generally as you think about build versus buy, uh, you know, both for Pomono and then any potential future acquisitions, just trying to understand how, you know, the management team thinks about uh, opportunities ahead? Sure. Well, it comes out of uh, a clear view on what it is, the mountain that we're climbing. And what we're trying to become is the global industry's go-to resource for home furnishings. And so uh, Europe is the source of many of the beautiful iconic objects that is, is our trade. And so we've been thinking, how do we become a player in, in Europe? Um, and as we went through that exercise, the, the make versus buy conversations or you know, debates, strategy sessions, um, we got to know the team at uh, Pomono. Uh, we like them a lot. We like what they're doing. Their approach to the business is very similar to ours, and it felt like a great fit. And so we combined uh, last year. We acquired Pomono last year, and it's been a wonderful addition to the what to the family. That's uh, that's very helpful. And so, just as a follow up, can American shoppers now be able to purchase? European products? Can shoppers in Europe purchase products uh, from the U.S.? Just, you know, what's the latest uh, there in terms of integration and what, what do you see ahead? We acquired Pomono in the middle of last year, and we're uh, thrilled to see today um, most, but not all of their items for sale on the Cherish platform and available to our, our U.S. community, which is larger than our uh, European community. And uh, this is, um, but this is the direction that we're going because the the vision is to have the to be show, showcasing the most beautiful things from everywhere in the world, and making those things available to design lovers all over the world. 
And I think um, starting to allow that product to flow back and forth will make us a more interesting place to shop and a more, a more important place to have a presence as a seller too. Yeah, seems like that's a very uh, important unlock for the business. So just switching gears a little bit, how do you think about growing the lifetime value of your customers and how does marketing tie into all of this? Um, what do you see as the top opportunities and just comparing your LTV CAC today to where you think it can go over time? Yeah, so we, we think a lot about that because the home furnishings industry is different from other categories given the long especially at the high end, the long considered purchase cycle. So we pay a very close attention to our, our marketing efficiencies and our LTV to CAC. And we, we're uh, able to watch what our public um, part, uh, compatriots are, are doing. And I think our numbers stack up very well. That said, we're always trying to make it better. And I think there's an opportunity to improve our LTV to CAC you know, on, on both sides of the equation. I think increasing lifetime value is about offering more of the items that our shoppers are looking for. So continue to expand our inventory, increasing our repeat rate and engagement with those shoppers, all of which will increase the, the, the lifetime value part of that. Um, and then on the customer acquisition cost side, um, like everyone, we, we've been seeing the cost of digital uh, acquisition continue to rise through traditional channels or the channels that we've used. So what we do is continue to explore and test new opportunities to bring that acquisition cost back in line. So we're continuing to experiment and, and focus on how do we spend our dollars even more uh, efficiently. We've started to um, test the waters in terms of moving in, in a more physical direction with the launch of our um, magazine. We call it the magazine-ish. Uh, and it's, uh, it's a print publication that we put out to high value customers and potential customers, uh, which it's, it's a blend. It's somewhere between a catalog and a magazine, but it really is uh, designed to showcase uh, our point of view our, our, from a style and, uh, and collection perspective. Uh, so Greg, it's it's interesting that you brought that up. It's actually a question that I was thinking of asking you, but what can you share with us regarding where, you know, trends and styles are going? You sit in a really interesting position where you're able to see things, you know, change on almost a daily basis, if not faster. So just anything we should be aware of as we look to uh, redecorate our homes uh, now and in the future. Great question. I get that a lot. I mean, what we're running is essentially a a 24-7 focus group where we've got 850,000 items available. We've got millions of visitors every month coming and, and um, browsing and favoriting and buying. And so we are able to see design trends. We're, um, and we try to give that information back to our um, community uh, so that they know what to look for when they're thinking about uh, selling with us. But we also make it available to the press and, and elsewhere. Um, what, what, what we also... Uh, appreciate is there is no single style. There is no um, one way to do it. So our brand positioning is about helping people personalize their home experience, make it their own. That's really what, what we try to do. So um, yes, we've seen the macro trends of shifting more towards, um, you know, whether it's home office or outdoor, but the broader trend that I think is true that we're all experiencing is that the home just means more it is become a multifunctional um, 
thing. It's no longer just where you sleep and where you eat. It's where you go to school. It's where you work out. It's, it, means, it means so much more. And so that's opened up new opportunities and new ideas for, for, every, for everyone. So I, I can't tell you what exactly to buy. It's, it's up to you to make it your own. But I do have a, a sense that you'd find some really interesting things on Cherish. <laughs> that's that's right. Fair enough. Um, so, Greg, we can't let a uh, CEO go without asking um, how you think about balancing uh, growth versus profitability, and what do you view as the most critical or the lowest hanging fruit uh, to improve profitability going forward? Yes, I mean that is the as an early stage company that started um, from scratch. That's a debate that we have with ourselves co constantly. And the way we balance it is, we like to have profitability within striking distance. But when the industry is evolving so quickly, um, solving for profitability right now feels um, like a missed opportunity. There's so many unsolved problems. And, but that's a debate that, that we have constantly and, and as, as, as every company does. So we have our plan, we have our strategy. Uh, we see um, profitability, you know, in the, in, the, in the, you know, a clear path to profitability, but that's not where we are today. Yeah, there's really massive growth opportunity. To, it really comes back to what, what are the unit economics that you're able to generate along the way? What you know, things like what are your LTV to CAC metrics? What are your what are your operating efficiencies? All of those things go into the into that exercise as well. Sure, yeah, that makes sense. Just given where you are in your growth trajectory today. So, just the last question, but you know, curious, what is ahead? What are your top priorities? And really, what can we expect next? Um, and how does this tie into your long-term uh, vision for Cherish? And then also just any closing remarks. Sure. Well, again, it's been nice to chat with you. But in terms of our, our vision for where we're going, you know, it hasn't really changed in many years. We're still uh, becoming the global design community's, you know, resource for home furnishings. And uh, the, the, the strategies, the things we're doing to get there uh, are, 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 are continue as well. We're continuing to focus on becoming a more global platform. We're continuing to focus on adding more of the right inventory into the platform to meet people, more of people's design project needs. We're continuing to work on delivering, um, you know, world-class net promoter scores. Customer support expectations continue to go up. Um, and so you, you can't just do what you did last year. You got to keep getting better uh, a, a, as well. And, you know, we're, we're continuing to look for uh, new and efficient and um, interesting ways to solve the problems of our, of our home design community. This is, an this is a very, very large industry that still has many unsolved problems, which is why it's such an exciting time for us to be um, growing Cherish. Greg, thanks a lot. It's truly been a pleasure speaking with you and uh, we look forward to all the success in the future. Thanks for having me, Max. Good to be here. Thanks for joining us. Stay tuned for the next episode of Cowan Insights.